are you now are listening, listening to, to The War Report. One of the guys, we already mentioned him earlier, but I definitely want to highlight uh, the game he had and how important he was given that Kessler was out. Let's talk about Dylan Cardwell. Mm. Um, did a great job in terms of rebounding, um, playing around the basket, but it was his defense that stood out to me in a very key block at the end of the game, uh, mm. which pretty much sealed it for Auburn. Um Ike, talk to me, man, about about Dylan and the, and the type of game he had last night coming in for Kessler, who was in foul trouble throughout. Yeah, I th- so here, the thing about Dylan Cardwell that I liked a lot last night um, that I have not seen in previous games, he didn't seem to get as fatigued in this game for whatever reason. Like you know, in the very in the game just before Florida, um, yeah, for you sure. know, we, the coach was talking about how you know players seemed like they were gassed, and Dylan Cardwell was one of those guys. He looked tired because he was playing more minutes because again, Walker Kessler was in foul trouble. He seemed to have the energy necessary to finish this game as indicated by that late block, right? Like he just, he found it somewhere last night. Um, A lot of, I mean, he had two really good put back dunks, um, almost had a third put back that he, um, he had there. Like he just played really good on the offensive glass. Um, Defensively, he was rotating really well uh, when they were doing a lot of those, uh, those, those high ball screens he was he was showing really well out front to make sure that they pushed that out further. Like he just did a really good job of knowing what he needed to do and then keeping himself out of foul trouble, right? Like he wasn't mm-hmm. trying to block everything that was coming to the rim. Um he had a you know, he had one the I, the flagrant foul that they called on him, I definitely a foul. So let me not pretend like right. he didn't hit the dude in the head. Yeah. Was not a flagrant one. Let's calm right. down. Like you're talking about oh, the wind up he was just trying to recover quickly, and he was looking to try to swipe over the guy's head to hit the ball. So I just I – don't, I don't know about that being a flagrant one, you know, whatever. Like, whatever for that. But, uh, but yeah, I think he, he, he did a pretty good job. Yeah. Did he uh-huh. think he did a pretty good job? Yeah. Uh, Mike G, talk to me, man. How you, how, talk about the job he did and how important he was because we needed a rim protector, seeing as though Kessler was not really effective – uh, in the game due to foul trouble. So your thoughts on Cartwell? Hey, listen, man, four blocks, right? Um, we yep. are, uh, I mean, we've got the nation's leading blocker on our team. He came in and filled in admirably uh, for him. So uh, those blocks were critical, particularly the one at the end that kept that from being interesting. <laughs> right. Right. So he pulls up and just hit the reach and the athleticism to be able to block a three-point shot and not get anywhere near the shooter is yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. So like it wasn't an almost foul. He didn't put he yeah. didn't put the game at risk by fouling the dude. Uh, I thought it was an it, it was an underrated play. I think most people will never realize how amazing it is to be able to block a shot like that. So um, Cardwell was instrumental, and, and it just speaks to depth, right? I mean, I think that that is a thing that you know when we look back on this season. And we talk about this team, it's going to be about how many guys contributed in meaningful ways. So it is not just one guy carrying the squad, right? It is, you know, if my brother's down tonight, you know, chill out, we got this, right? Right. And the trust that this team has in each other, right? The unselfishness, they give the ball up, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's a thing of beauty to watch. Uh, Bruce Pearl said this was his most talented team ever. And, you know, some coaches say that and it's lip service, but, you know, for a coach of his stature, you know, for him to say that 
you know, and then see this come to fruition, it was like, oh yeah, like he meant that. This might be his. He wasn't he wasn't gassing us. This might actually be his best team ever. I mean, and he's coached some I mean, I thought it was lip service because he's coached some really good teams, like over the course of his career between Auburn, Tennessee. And so yeah, for him to say that, I was like, really, Bruce? But mm-hmm. I'm starting I'm starting to become a believer. He's got one more win to tie the 07-08 Tennessee Volunteers that he coached to a 16-1 and start. Mm. Right? That was the best start of his career. And if they can get to 17-1, and this will be the best start of his career. Right. Yeah, man. Um, I saw a question. I'm going a, to... I'm a, I'm a, Toss this question to you, be will. Lawrence is asking, what do we think of the small lineup with Williams, Jalen Williams at the five? Um, Auburn brought that out at one point. So what, what do you think about playing the small ball and, and how we looked out there? Uh, I think it was out of necessity because you got to rest Cardwell with Kessler being in foul trouble. So you, you've got to put smaller guys on the court. And you've got to – I'm surprised they played Jabari 34. We, we needed it. And I'm glad we got it out of him. He was still effective the whole game. But um, yeah, I, when Wendell's out there running the point, we're good. We don't have a lot of consistent three-point shooting on the floor. And that is perhaps our biggest weakness. We don't need it as long as we have an entire complement of players. Uh, when Kessler's... He has been getting better inside with his hands, finishing at the rim as the season has gone on. And that's something I really like to see. So I'm not so worried that we don't have um, great three-point shooting. But the problem is going to come, I think, later in the season when Kessler's in foul trouble. Cardwell's hands aren't great. He has some good finishes, but his hands aren't great. So you're not going to be able to just run the pick and roll and lob it up to him or expect him to just you know, get it, give it to him on the bounce and, and have him make move. That's not really his game. So I think the small ball thing may become more necessity as people just attack Kessler and try to get him off the floor. And we're left with Cardwell, who needs to be spelled so he can stay rested for the rest of the game. Or if they put him in foul trouble because college refs are terrible. So um, going with the small lineup, there was a point where the offense stalled out just a little bit. Um, we we talked about what each of the like Cambridge he, he can't take anybody off the dribble that's not that's not his game he wants to sky up over somebody and eliminate them from existence with the oop and that is honestly what we need him doing but our smaller players do not have off the dribble game Jalen Williams he he will drive not a lot of control but he will ferociously attack right. the basket but it's 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 still we we don't have a synchronous offense. When Kessler and Jabari are not on the floor, or we look for it more. Flanagan's starting to get into shape, and I think we'll have one more once he kind of rounds into full, um, full speed like we want him to be. Again, we got to finish incorporating everybody. We still haven't really done that, but the small lineup can work. It's got to be centered around Flanagan as much as Wendell. It's not going to be anybody else. We need the bigs to have a full complement. Jabari is really the eraser. Like, you don't really have to have run an offense for Jabari to do his thing. And that's why he's the most valuable offensive piece we have. Him at the five is still a great lineup. With him, without him or Kessler on the floor, I start to worry if it was a long stretch of time. But fortunately, we're deep, and we probably won't have to worry about that much. 
Stuart Donald has a question. This is this is for all of you guys. I was listening to some talking heads today, and they said Auburn has played the second toughest schedule so far this year. Mm. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I don't. I'm not sure about that stat. I know that we have. There's a metric called strength of record, mm. and Auburn is number one um, as far as strength of schedule is concerned. I think we're like 15 or 14. It's a top 20 schedule, so it's not. It's not. It's not a cupcake right. schedule by any stretch of the imagination. Right. But I'm not sure it's uh, the hardest schedule in the country. Yeah, I, listen, I'm going to be honest and say I don't look at anybody else's schedule, so I wouldn't have a way of gauging that. I know we've played a pretty tough schedule. Um, our out-of-conference games have not been cream puffs for the most part. Right. Um, even if they weren't highly ranked teams, they were definitely tough teams to be able to play. Um, teams that you expect to see in the tournament when the right. tournament comes around. Right. Um, and then you get into SEC play, and it's going to be dogfight every, every game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I could believe it, but I don't know whether or not it's harder than anybody else's schedule. I mean, we haven't played a Gonzaga like Bama did, but we also didn't lose to Davidson. So <laughs> Or Memphis. Or Memphis. Or yeah. Missouri. Yeah. Or yeah, Missouri. the thing about those wins and losses, <laughs> man, it, it's it's hard to you have to account for teams that get better as the season goes along as well, too. Right. So right. it's the team you were at the beginning of the season may not be the team that you are in the middle and at the end of the season. Right. Um so uh that can't be understated, right? Like it looks like I don't know that Bama is progressively getting worse. I just think they weren't as good as people thought they were. Right. Right. For sure. You know, I think they, it was coming off of last year. They were like, oh, they're returning these guys and they uh-huh. got, you know, JD Davidson's going to be coming in. And like it was, it was uh-huh. hype. Um, but again, uh-huh. I'm not saying that Bama's a bad team. I'm saying that Bama doesn't play for 40 minutes in a basketball game. Right. Right. I just but, don't. Al- but Auburn is clearly getting better every week. Yes. 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 This team is getting better every week. Uh, I think that that is evidenced by the fact that they don't even have to play their best game to win, all around game to win. Right. Most games. And that, again, I said this last show. That's pretty much, that's the thing that should absolutely terrify everyone who has to play Auburn by the time March gets here. I still have not seen this team play their best basketball for 40 minutes. Like, the stretch of time where they got up to 14-point lead against Bama, if they can make that 20 to 30 minutes of a game, just good luck. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like, just good luck beating that team because it was, everything was was coming together. Wendell Green was making shots. He The split that he made on the double team uh, yeah, where he man, that was off the ball yeah, screen. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah. And then he finishes the wrong hand on the left side on the rever- yeah. with the, you know, he makes the little fake and then finishes, um, you know, right hand on the left side of the rim. I, he He's just special, man. And he comes back with the, you know, the step back J after that. He tried to get a little heat check after that and shoot another one. That's, yeah. that's the one thing, again, that I don't like about <laughs> Wendell is every now and then he's just going to be like, let me see how, how you know, how, how much I got. And he's just going to jack up one. Just He's just going to pull up and transition and shoot another one. Like, he right. got a little of that. But. He got that Steph Curry confidence without the Steph Curry consistency to shooting it. He does, but if that's the cost of the rest of them shots, he does. Yeah, he's... listen, I'm not mad at it yeah, at yeah. all. I'm not mad at it at all because the boy just will yeah. Come you out. get enough of them, you 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 can you get away with that. Yeah, and then he's quietly getting away with that because um, I, I, that was something I complained about. Early on in the season, but I mean, dude kept leading us in scoring, so I had to shut up about it. Right, so. 
This this team this team is special. Uh, Michael Holiday appreciate the super chat. Says Mike G is the man. It says Auburn will win every game if they come and play like they should. I expect this team to make it to the Final Four. Yeah, um, there's, there's no game we can't win. Yeah, I don't I don't yeah. see a game that they cannot win that they don't have a chance in. Right? Like Absolutely they, should, they should be in every single game we play. They should Just, compete. Yeah, if if we don't win, it's probably because we didn't show up. But right. I, you know, I mean, honestly, I think that they they are the only ones that could be their own worst enemy. And mm-hmm. you know, for all the greats, your your greatest competition is yourself, right? right? Like you are, it's just you and everybody else. And I this, think that this, this team why has I a like kind this. of attitude. I like what he's uh, Jabari saying that the team's getting more camaraderie. Like we talk about chemistry, you know, with the football team as to whether or not the quarterback has chemistry with the offensive line and the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Basketball team, the synergy that needs to be there for the unselfishness that you see from a Jabari, mm-hmm. um, the trust that you see a coach having Wendell and KD to just jack up shots every now and then and not yank them out of the game because they know, you know, as Jeremy Redding says, a shooter's got to shoot, right? Like you. Yeah. you if you if you if you if you're gonna live with him taking a step back three and then it's a highlight play, you gotta come sometimes live with him coming down and jacking up a three in transition or KD going through his legs four times and then just pulling up off of the dribble because every now and then you're gonna need him to cook somebody like that right. and he's gonna need to be able to have the confidence to say I can go out there and shoot this shot and coach isn't gonna pull me out of the game because he knows the defensive intensity that I'm going to have if I miss the shot is going to be like 10 times more ferocious because I'm going to be mad at myself. So I got to make it up for my, my guys. And that's that's right. KD all the way. He's like, if I miss a shot, I need a steal now. Like I got to do something else to contribute to this basketball game because I feel like I let them down. The chemistry in which they are playing with and the understanding that this guy's got my back or I trust that if he's shooting this shot, he can make that shot. I've seen him make this shot in practice. I've seen him, you know, put this guy on a poster before. When he goes to the rim, I'm just waiting to see a poster happen. That's the kind of stuff that makes it, again, a scary basketball team to play against because you you can have all the talent in the world without the confidence. Listen, um, JQ for for Bama, he's a good three-point shooter. He didn't have the confidence to pull the trigger in that moment. Right. The talent does not matter if you don't have the confidence to take the shot. And that's the Bruce Pearl difference. I saw yeah. it was a it was a writer somewhere that quoted it. I've said it on the show for the last two weeks. He said the ability for Bruce to coach confidence into his players is the biggest difference between him and other coaches. I still have never seen anything like it. I've seen yeah. tentative and talented young freshmen get into the tournament and kind of be on autopilot like they're individual scorers, so they score, but nothing like the team playing together the way that this team is doing. And maybe maybe one of the differences is that instead of just a bunch of young freshmen like Calipari usually does or like Duke kind of ended up doing, you know, for the last few years is we've got some seasoned vets. We've got guys who have been starting for two years. We've also got young freshmen. We've got transfers who have been playing well where they were at. We've got transfers from KD in Georgia who's been here who feels a specific emotional role. It's just this this mishmash of, of guys, but they all have, they seem to be able to get on the same page, and that's the Bruce difference. Like, you could put these same guys on a team under Rick Barnes, but it wouldn't be the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, yeah, you're a, a 1980s coach, and by golly, and... Bend down, get low. Yeah, but Bruce is different. It's, it's just a different 
thing that he puts into his players that makes them better than they would be for other people. And thank God we got the Bruce. Yeah. And I mean, he said that too. It part of it too is, is a recruitment thing. Like it's finding the right guys that you can put that kind of trust in. Cause it's not like Wendell, he, he did, he, and he got that trust from and for Wendell in a couple of months of just like, right. listen, I know right. what kind of player you are. I need you to come play your game when you get to Auburn. Mm. Like, you know, forget all of that. It's a lower league. Like, come, let's come hoop. Mm-hmm. You, you play basketball, right? All right, I need a basketball player. And he's letting him, he's letting him loose on the league, and he's doing his thing. I'm just amazed at the, just the, the talent evaluation of this coaching staff, how they can find a Wendell mm-hmm. Green. And he looks like he's belonged in the SEC this whole time, right? Yeah. It's, I'm just I'm I'm blown away by how this staff can just find gems the way they found. I mean, I didn't know that our point guard play would be this great after Sharif left. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I felt like our point guard play would have taken a step back. And again, Jabari's coming in. I already know what our front court's looking like, but I had no idea that our back court would be as strong as it's been this year. And I think you got to credit the coaching staff for their ability to fill those needs and find those I would say a diamond in a rough type players and you can do that a lot in basketball college basketball but the way our coach is doing it year after year it's amazing to see uh James Stallings uh talk about the meme barrage last night we, we kind of talked about it a little bit early I don't know if B. Will saw one that stood out to him my favorite was you just lost to the Jabari tribe <laughs> oh that's good <laughs> that's good. I like that Black Panther. I got Black yeah. Panther reference. I was yeah. dying. And then my second favorite was uh, um, maybe he's barn with it. Maybe he's Wendell Green. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I was dying. Oh, man. Oh, man. It was good. It was I, good I can't. It, it was too many, man. I can't I can't pin it down. Um, <laughs> I really wish I could. It, it was just some amazing content. I mean, a lot of them were corny, too. We need the volume, though. You know what I'm saying? We need the volume. We need to get the numbers up. So there was another one uh, with the uh, Wendy's uh, Wendy's uh, logo with Wendy, but it put Wendell Green's face in it, (laughs) (laughs) and it said, "Welcome to Wendell's Quality W's is our recipe." I was that was that was pretty good too. His face fit inside their logo way too well. Whoever photoshopped that, I was just like, "Yo, talent. That's talent." Uh, but it was good. There were some really good ones. Oh, yeah. I, I did see that. The one where they had the SUNY Lee was like, oh, oh yeah. Auburn's a basketball school. And then Bruce was like, nope, they're uh, they're gymnastic school. And then SUNY Lee was like, hold my beer. Oh, oh man. Yeah, yes. that was that was a pretty good one. That was a pretty good one. So now we, we saw we saw quite a few good memes, man. Um, again, Auburn, Auburn Twitter. I love Auburn Twitter. It's it's amazing. Fantastic. It is absolutely amazing. Also, if we ever lose a game, now here's what we're doing. We are building <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> so when we lose that game, whoever we lose it to, oh, it's going to be hell. It's going to be vicious. Be, listen, be everybody just log Do you, out. <laughs> don't just don't no, get on. You just, don't listen, talk. You got no. to take it. If you get to dish it out, you got to just yeah, you you gotta take, it. take it. They don't know if you're sitting on the other side of your phone or not. So just don't <laughs> don't tweet. Nah, you don't go, respond. Go like them. The worst thing you can do is be like some some a friend yeah, of respond. the world before. Don't respond. Don't no. get in your feelings. Nah. You lost. 
You lost. Yeah. When you win, you the, to the victor goes the spoils. The spoils are trash talking and mean barrages. Don't try to justify. Don't try to make it. Oh, they all in our Coliseum. Yeah, because y'all ain't want to be there. Because even y'all don't believe in y'all team. War Report family, it's your boy B. Will. We want to thank you for listening to the Wednesday Night War Room in podcast form. Now, we've got more content we want to get you here specifically as podcasts. We know you love the convenience of it, but that takes time and resources. So we're asking for sponsors. If you or anybody you know would like to reach Auburn football fans, specifically the War Report's Auburn football fan community, then hit us up. Business at thewarreport.com. That's business at thewarreport.com. And to continue to fuel our growth, please rate and review this podcast right now on whatever service you're listening on. That's all I got for now. So I'm not gonna hold you up. Let's get back to it. But but yeah, but so that that's the other thing that I did want to talk about is how well our fans traveled for this game. Yeah. Because on TV, yeah. I could hear like so. There were portions that you know, so I'm, I'm my my son is here at the house with me. So there were points in time where I was not like watching the game; I was listening to it, and I was listening for reactions. And like it would be a big cheer, so I would run back into the room, and I'd be like, "Oh, wait a minute, we did something good. Why is it right. so loud?" Right. I was yeah. like, it just it did not sound like a road game. Mm-hmm. Like there were very loud cheers when Bama did something, but like there was enough loud cheers that. It felt like there was enough home like it, that we turned that into the, an Auburn home game. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like they were getting on to um to uh what you call it about like egging the crowd on. Like I no, think he, he was trying to get, was, the, Auburn get the Auburn fans, fans going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about why leadership matters. Right, Bruce Pearl has repeatedly talked about the impact of our fans traveling and what it's done to this team on some of these road games. Um, you know, like even in the game down at the Bahamas, we had a decent amount of fans down there mm-hmm. at Battle of Atlantis. And like, you know, he has said that. And when you look around the Auburn social media space, the players are very grateful for the fans as well, too. Right. I think uh, 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 um, Katie uh, Johnson tweeted something out saying, hey, we could not do it without y'all. We appreciate mm-hmm. y'all. Yeah, I mean, they really take on the persona of this head coach, man, and they're following his lead. I don't think that's by accident. Right. Right. You know, I think, it, you know, for him to just be so thankful for the fans, because I'll tell you, despite what some people are trying to put out in the Twitter sphere and the, some of the crap I see being written, Auburn has one of the best, if not the best fan bases in the country. Right. When visiting schools come to Auburn, they talk about the experience and the hospitality and how they're treated by the fans when they come. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and so, like, I have a hard time listening to people talk about how our fan base is toxic and, you know, like, you know, like we like I mean, I mean we, we are hell on Twitter. Like, don't yeah, get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, We're yeah, hell listen, on Twitter. Yeah, but that's but like purpose, out, man. Like, right. I mean, that's not that's not like that's not like ignorant yeah, but toxicity. I'm just saying, Right, it's yeah. the internet. The internet is a toxic place. Please, like, just yeah. Get, yeah. put your yeah. phone up. That you start you're good. with Auburn yeah. Twitter, yeah. right? Right. So, you know, right. I, you know, and then the and then the effect that it's having on recruiting. Listen, I will rail against this until the day I pass. This whole idea that somehow our fan base is driving away recruits is completely ridiculous and it's stupid. It's just dumb. Right. Right. It's I mean, if you listen to after that national championship game, Caesar, 
Bro, I, I watched Bama fans rail against the Heisman winner. Yeah. As if he didn't keep them in that game. Oh, I, I can. I got some screenshots of some yeah. of the things yeah. uh, Bama fans oh, were posting man. during the like, game, come, which like, was like, on, um, it, was an, it was amazing. It was amazing yeah. some of the things I saw about a, a fan base who has easily the greatest coach to ever coached, who was team was in its second straight national championship mm-hmm. trying to repeat the things that they were calling some of their own players. Yeah, you know, I was actually pulling for the young man. Uh, I think he was a defensive back for Bama. Um, and essentially, yeah, he went on TV and just said, this one moment doesn't define me. Right. I'm going to get to work and I'm going to get back. And people were literally, not a, even just a few people. I saw a lot of posts where people were just like trying to run this kid off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Saban in his post game said, hey, I want to be clear. These two young men to my left and to my right are class X. They work their ass off for this team, and they will not be defined by this one loss. Yeah. Because right? Saban, though, I mean, he's spoken about how he doesn't like the entitledness of the Alabama fan base himself. He, yeah. He's, he's had to do that in the, the media. the most toxic. Right. But that's the re- but that's the reason we can't recruit. Give me a break, right. man. Like I just I'm sorry. Right. Like I I'm and I'm standing up for our fans because we have excellent fans. Listen, man, yes. it is a Wednesday night in the middle of the off season and we got 400 people here on this live cast. Right. Right, and this video will get 5,000 views in the off season. Right, because we do have we have an engaged fan base, we have a fan base that cares and you cannot take all the attention that comes with celebrity at the college level and not draw criticism from some people who just don't know what they're watching. Right. It comes yeah. with the territory. Right. It happens. So and, like and and you can't paint an entire fan base because you saw one or two or three or four negative comments for people who just again to your point don't even know what they're watching Right. Making flippant comments that that shouldn't generalize an entire fan base or be the reason why we can get this kid who has their own mind. Yeah, man. Why they right. couldn't come to Auburn? Yeah, <laughs> man. That's, come on. Yeah, that's that's marshmallow soft. I'm sorry if a kid is going to say fans are mean on Twitter and that's why I'm not going there. <laughs> like, I how can't. did you get through high school? I can't. I can't subscribe to that. I'm sorry. Like, I just I can't, can't. Like, I get it. You know, listen. Cyberbullying is a real thing, and some it people. Is absolutely take it too far. Right. But right. you have to sure. understand that there is a vocal minority that exists that is going to do that. And the vast majority are not in that space. We, we deal with it. We have to figure out how to filter mm-hmm. through the noise. There are a bunch of people who hate the war report. Like when I say <laughs> hate, like literally cannot stand us. Yeah. Like every time we say something, it's the worst <laughs> thing that ever got uttered. We could be like, Auburn's great. They'll be like, see, look at them. Yeah, sunshine right. pumping. Can see, I, they said they don't sunshine. I'm just like, I, yo, what? We can't win with some people. Yeah, so you yeah. just got to filter it out and get past That's it. it. That's it's it. Frankly, you, it's it's. I mean, the reason we say funny. this because we, we, we're at a low level. We're living this. Yeah, so, I'll tell you what. I'm the most day. vocal, so I get. I, I probably get most of it. But there's no. It's, one, yeah, you definitely. It's yeah. definitely you <laughs> right. for sure. Yeah, there's this one. There's this one dumb dumb on Twitter <laughs> that just. I mean, he just. I I don't know. Like I've never taken up so much space in somebody's head. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah, he's like Mike G is a clown. Mike G, you know, yeah, is, is just you know he's the source of all disease. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, yo, and so. 
I looked at some of this stuff and I was like, you well, know you what? were sick a few days ago, but go I ahead. I was, I was. Uh, but I was like, <laughs> I looked at some of this stuff. I was like, you know what? Uh, this is so ridiculous. I just don't even want to look at it. So I blocked him and I blocked everybody who liked the post because I was just like, you know what? If you, if you like this, you are, you if are. You and everybody with you. Liked it, yeah, right? <laughs> and so. Uh, That's pretty uh, smart. Actually, whole, all your, your haters congregating one Your whole place. MF and crew. Yeah. yeah, it was like, and listen, now it was like 10 to 15 people. So it was not a lot. We have, we have tens of thousands of listeners, right? But like, um, you know, I just, after I blocked those 15 people, that got rid of like 95% of the toxicity on my Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. And that is my that is my point about the fan base. Right. It is the minority of people causing this noise, right? Right, and so to make those voices the spokespersons for how I feel about what we do, that would be completely unfair, right? Right. So I mean, again, if you're a crew and you're watching this. Uh, you know, Auburn has one of the gr- the greatest fan bases. Yeah, send, send this to a recruit and let them yeah. hear about. We this. have For one sure. of the greatest sure. fan bases ever, and you know, very few fan bases will care as much as we do, right? Like, you know, and all that we ask in return is that you give your all. And if you have given your best, then you know what? I applaud that, and you know, you are a true Auburn man, right? It doesn't always work out. It doesn't always equate to championship and W's. Right. Yeah, but, right. you know, we do we do care a lot, which is why we demand the best from our coaches and from our players. Absolutely. Right? That's it. That's all. <laughs> Rant um, over. <laughs> all right. Let, let me run through some super chats before we get to this giveaway. Uh, ben Bloodworth says Bruce's legacy will last for decades because we are sending mm-hmm. players to the NBA yearly. Absolutely. Can't wait to see some of those guys host the NBA on TNT in 2045. <laughs> Man, listen, he needs a he needs a statue outside. The basketball stadium. He needs one outside the football he got, stadium. He got, to, he got to win the championship first. <laughs> he's got to he win. Needs one. Yeah. He yeah. If he like, wins listen, one, he gets a, he's going to get a statue. One outside yeah. the athletic department, one right there on College Street by a stoplight. Just. Do you think he gets his own facility <laughs> before it's all said and done? They, yeah, they might have a basketball the court only facility that they call the, 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 yeah, the, the court named after Pearl's somebody Palace right or something like that. I don't that's, know. That if sounds it's, like a strip club. What was your? What it was does. your? It does. <laughs> that's where all the recruit. That's where we bring all of the people who want to get recruited oh, no, stop, to Pearl's Palace. Don't, don't do that. 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 We're doing. That's um, not what we're doing. Um, ben also <laughs> says also Auburn Twitter needs to find a way to start trolling Illinois fan base because they're still mad about Bruce. Are they? Get over mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It's, it's too yeah. far. It's too long ago. Get over it. Let yeah. Get over it. Get over it. Okay. I mean, I, he should never. I mean, there's no reason for this man to ever to ever leave Auburn, right? Uh, it should never it should never be about money, and we know it's not about getting talent in right. here, right? So the whole argument that the other uh, guy on Twitter, who's the other guy everybody hates, he's he's a Goodman, he's one of the Goodmans. Um, nah, who cares? Th- yeah, uh, all good men are bad. I don't, I don't feel like saying. I don't. Yeah. I don't feel like. Yeah, all right, good yeah. men are bad. Man. He I don't was feel like saying after after the scandal cleared. He was like, now the question is, is he going to go to Maryland? I was like, what? You just made that up. <laughs> That's not even a thing. You just blurted something out random. What? Well, they, they say they'll. He said they'll make a run at him. Which don't get me wrong. I'm sure a lot of programs who yeah, are of good at basketball are going to come come poking really around. Coach. But that doesn't mean he has any reason to be interested. Yeah, I just was like, man, come on, bro. Like, uh, you just, you literally made that up, right? Now, mm-hmm. I know that people will make a run at, at him when you win as much as he has. You'd be silly not to. But um, 
Yeah, and the 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 argument they were making for Maryland was uh, the DMV area, actually where I live, is a very fertile recruiting ground for basketball. Uh, which it is. I'm not denying that it's not, but I don't think he's getting. He's not having trouble getting kids to Auburn, <laughs> right? At all. So why right. go someplace to rebuild? Yeah, the whole recruiting myth to Auburn. He has smashed that. Yeah, he is. Huh. He has smashed that because that was that was something that we heard a lot of prior to Bruce Pearl's arrival. Like how how can Auburn really recruit? They use the Under Armour argument. They use just Auburn. As a program argument, but he's dispelled all of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. well, listen, let's let's move to the gridiron, guys. Uh, Auburn got some some news this week. A uh, few guys announced that they will be returning for the 2022 season. Nick Brahms and Austin Troxel are coming back to the offensive line. Mm. Of course, there's been a lot of question marks as it pertains to the tackle situation, whether it be the portal recruiting. Uh, how Auburn's going to fill those needs, or particularly center. But Brahms and Austin Troxel will be coming back. Want to get you guys' thoughts on it. B. Will, I will start with you. What are, what are your thoughts upon hearing this news, your thoughts about the offensive line moving forward, and the impact this will have in terms of the portal and recruiting? So the way things have been shaping up with the portal, um, when guys commit to us, when certain guys say that they're leaving, what it looks like is, as this is B-Will speculation, this is not war report speculation or anything else. They, by, by, the, by the way, uh, S.S. Austin says he needs a shirt of you doing the evil laugh. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> We're going to make that happen. We'll cook that up. We're cook we'll, that we'll, up. We'll, we'll figure that out. Go ahead. Um, what it seems to be is that they go after who they can go after, the coaches. They're recruiting. They, they are in kids' ear. They're talking to the parents and talking to the kids. If it looks like kids are going the other way, they default to the next step. What's who? So what's what's the next step? Part of that next step is we're re-recruiting the guys that you have. And what this says to me is that they said, "Listen, we need you guys to come back because if you had a better center, a better left tackle, you would be bringing those guys in. A few of those offensive line recruits that did jump into the transfer portal, they committed elsewhere. So to me, it says that we're striking out at offensive line." in the transfer portal, which is not a very good feeling. Um, I, I don't know if it's if it's offense, if it's scheme, if it is Will Friend as a coach is not the the recruiter, the personality that that can convince these guys to come here. I'm not sure. Um any recruit would have reason to doubt Auburn's ability to put an offensive lineman in a good position for the draft. Doubting that is completely fair. We have not done a good job of putting offensive linemen in a good position to fare well in the draft and in the NFL. I think the one exception has been, has been Braden Smith over the last, like, 10 years. Rick Robinson went high, but he kind of flamed out kind of quick, honestly. But um, So I, don't, I, I understand it's an uphill battle, and it's a hard battle to fight. So the coaches are saying, all right, you know what? If we can't sell that yet, we get our guys back in here. We say, hey, we're going to empower you. We're going to teach you some more. We're going to make you a little bit better than you were last year. You're going to be a year wiser in the system. You're going to be a year better at communicating exactly what we want you to do. And we're going to improve. And sometimes that that is a part of the game. Mike G has been talking about this forever. Listen, man, you're not going to get – some whoever gets in here as head coach 
Carson, you're going to have to do more with less. And the offensive line, as much as we may not like it, that's going to be one of the position groups where we have to do a little more with less than our main competitors have. That's really the biggest deal. We have to do more with less than Bama and Georgia. And honestly, LSU gets, they're in upheaval because of the, the, the changeover, but they've gotten better talent than us pretty consistently. So that's the battle we're fighting. I'm still glad to have them because without them, it would be even more bleak. So we need them. That's the position we're in. And let's see what the coaches do. Mike G. Um, I got a little bit of a different perspective on this, right? So, um, again, these linemen were built to do something else by another guy. One offseason of strength and conditioning is not necessarily enough to undo all the years of whatever the hell they were doing that was producing what it's produced. So another year, a second year in this offseason strength and conditioning programs might actually pay a lot of dividends, particularly in run blocking, right? Where you have to be a little bit stronger. You got to smash a little bit harder, right? And you just got to move guys right out the way to make lanes for your running back. So um, I'm excited about them coming back because, um, you know, I saw in the chat some people were saying, you know, if it's not good experience, is it really Good. That's a fair statement. But yeah. I think that I don't think that these guys have played so bad that they can't make a decent jump in year two with Brian Harson. So, um, you know, what does that mean for Auburn football? Well, uh, you know, the experience that these guys have being battle tested, you know, coming back another year, you know, the chemistry of having more guys who played together should yield some dividends and then in terms of who there are not a ton of offensive linemen in the portal not quality ones right they're just not man that's that's not a uh that's that position is not rich in the portal so the fact that we're not landing Alabama has a tackle in the portal now yeah i mean but i mean is he is he a starting caliber guy that's right right. i mean he was a four starter he was a four star but at the end and he was pretty highly rated but like you know my my point is 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 that those guys are just jumping in the portal man like offensive linemen aren't transferring for real that's not what's happening at the skill positions right so like Mm -hmm. um i just feel like um not getting portal linemen is not really a concern recruiting them from high school is the concern right right so having these guys come back one more year is a blessing because the guys that you're recruiting are the ones that are going to be able to take this program and this offense to the next level. And you need another year, right? So what do you do in the meantime? We are not willing to accept losing just because you don't have an all-world offensive line. But you have to improve the skill positions. You, Everybody around them has to do their job and raise their game in 2022. That starts with quarterback, right, and then receiver. The tight ends, I think we're I think we're pretty solid at tight end. You know, I saw mm-hmm. some things in terms of run blocking. You know, when we did the bowl game review, that didn't look look great from the tight end position. But at the end of the day, you know, we've got tight ends that can go out and make plays. Um, they can make catches. Uh, they're athletic, um, and they're going to be a year stronger, a year faster, and a year smarter as yep. well too. So, um, plug in some. Find find critical skill positions. Get your skill positions right. 
You can't miss with this line and where they're going to be. You cannot miss it. The skill positions, you have to get it right. We have to have the right. We have to have the best guy on the field in 2022 at quarterback, whoever it is. That's going to be critical. A decent quarterback that makes sound decisions and doesn't hold on to the ball too long and is accurate can help a struggling offensive line greatly. And that doesn't mean running all over the place. Right. Right. Because people freak out when they say, oh, well, he's not mobile. He doesn't have to be mobile. Right. What he has to do is he has to be able to make quick decisions. Right. And if you're when you sprint out of the pocket, that does that didn't always equate to good for us. Right. Right. You know, and it doesn't always equate for good to the receivers. Right. We had a quarterback that just broke out to the right all the time and it would shrink the field for the receivers. Right. So, you know, there are less places to go, and then teams just figure out how to play that. We need our skill positions to step up here. And, you know, I just I don't want to listen to another year of everybody saying, if our offensive line isn't perfect, we can't win football games. That's crazy. Look how close we were in 2021 to something really special. We were in every game. Georgia was the only game I never believed that we could win. Look how they all ended. A lot of, in some of them, we gave up leads. In some of the ones we lost, we didn't even give up a whole three touchdowns and we lost. Yeah. So a little better play on that side of the ball will help cover some of the deficiencies on offensive line. But I am excited for Brahms. And is it, was it Troxel? Yes. Coming back. I mean, these, these guys have, they can go on a redemption tour and prove their doubters wrong. Guys, if you're listening to this, man, take this shit personally. Hit the weight room and develop a winner's mentality and move mountains in 2022. Right? Any lineman that's standing in your way, get them the hell out. Make room for Tank. Make room for Jarquez. Make room for Damari Austin coming in. Right. And, and, and just just forget, you know, uh, uh, block out the noise if you can. But, you know, if you're hearing it, take it, take it, use it, use it as motivation. To do better in 2022, because there's a lot of people saying that they can't. And I'm telling you, man, one more year in the weight room under this coach. Could pay extreme dividends. It could look drastically different in 2022. I'm telling you. One more I mean, year. We saw improvement from year, you know, in year mm-hmm. one. We did. Uh, listen, they, were, uh, they were the fourth best pass blocking unit in the conference. And Auburn still managed to rush for over 2,000 yards for the season as a team. Guys, that's, that's hard to do. There are yeah. a lot of, like, there's a lot of really competent offenses not doing that. Yeah, Tank right. was the first thousand yard rusher in a while, you know. So it's again, it felt bad because we saw the ineptitude of the offense and spells, right? Yeah, but right. For portions of games, it looked great, right? We just need to be able to do that consistently consistent. over the course yeah. of the entirety of a game. Right. Um, and if we can do that, and again, the pass blocking, I don't think was. I think that was a little bit overblown last year. It wasn't perfect but it definitely was good enough to get us w's if mm-hmm. we can make inter- incremental improvements in the run blocking that helps everything because yeah, then for sure people can't just load up against you right like yeah. you you get a quarterback like as mike was saying that doesn't have to be perfect he just needs to make you pay if you try to blitz and you just throw it over the top to somebody make them pay every now and then 
slow down that ru- that pass rush a little bit because they have to think about it. Uh-huh. So that, gives, that gives Tank just yes, another half second that's more it. because the linebackers and that safety aren't flowing downhill immediately at the snap. Right? They take that one false step forward and you throw it over the top for a, cu- a couple of times. That that first step is a little slower to the for run. Sure. For sure. And that's and, that's and, what we could not and do. And that's all Tank needs is just that little glimmer of daylight. You give him a, a little bit of daylight, he's going he's he's gonna to make somebody him. pay. Right? Um, interesting thing here that we have not mentioned. Stuart Donalds, appreciate the super chat here. The Joe Bernardi hire coming in to work with the O-line. Speak on that. Um, th- the reason why this is sneakily interesting is I wonder, listen, I, I will credit Brian Harson with being a little bit of a chess player. Mm-hmm. Um, is he setting himself up to say, well, friend, if you don't get the job done, well, I'll let you. Who is, who is Joe, got, Joe Bernardi? Because I don't know. So he came from the NFL ranks. I forgot where he was coaching most recently. Um, San Jose, I think. Uh, but he's, chat, he's been. The chat knows. Yeah. I say somebody in the chat will definitely correct me. But, the um, chat always knows. Thank y'all for knowing when we don't know. <laughs> If it's a name we forgot, a place a guy came from, his stats from five years ago, y'all are going to know. So thank you. He was yeah. at Tennessee and um, three seasons He's been in the Oregon. SEC. He has been in the SEC. He was an analyst at Oregon under, uh, what's his face? Cristobal? Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, no, what? I don't know if it was Cristobal. No, it, was, it wasn't Cristobal. It wasn't. Oh, okay. Um, but he was um, Tennessee, Oregon, and then Fresno State in 2016. Okay. Yeah, but my, my point here is that if – if uh, if Wilfriend, the reason I why I think this, that this is a possibility is that because Wilfriend was tied so closely with the previous offensive coordinator, is there an opportunity that Brian Harson is looking at here to say, "Hey, if your heart isn't in it, I, I'm, I'm I need to get somebody in here who 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 is ready, and we'll we'll go ahead and have him prepped and ready and getting into the system." When would you make that move? How, like when I when, don't know. when do you make that determination though? Like, no. Sometimes, sometimes, sometime between signing day and spring practice, maybe. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I mean, maybe are it's you just you're gonna wait to see how. Yeah, I just don't know if if you're waiting to see how he finishes out this cycle um, with with recruits. I don't. I have no idea, but I think that that is a kind of a sneaky move to listen. If you I, feel I like he's one too. foot out the door, then you need to get somebody in who's I've ready w- to step in. Yeah. I've wondered you know, this. I mean, it's almost it's almost kind of like. The Keysaw thing almost. A um, right. little different, but similar. Well, but, I'm going to quote JG. We, we did a um, top 10 moments of 2021 video. And uh, one of those moments was um, uh, what's his face getting fired? The wide receiver coach. Cornelius Williams. Cornelius Williams, right? And um, JG gave us kind of a hot take. And he said, um, if you were firing coaches based on how their position groups performed, Will Friend may have, should have been, you know, first on the chopping block. Um, And he would not be surprised to hear later that conversations were being had about that. Uh, So that, I raised my eyebrows. JG, uh, you know, doesn't normally just kind of throw things out there like that. If there's not at least something to it, so yeah. um, maybe uh, uh, you know, to, to Ike's point, maybe it is being evaluated and they've identified what they want to see from 
him this offseason to decide whether to move a different direction or not. But offensive line definitely has to play better. Um, you know, run blocking has to improve. I yeah. just think it was it, I just think it's really hard based on what this line was built to do to make that determination in one offseason. You know, so and, and that's the bone that I'm throwing back to Will Friend. You know, yeah. his 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 position group was under recruited and underdeveloped right. more than yeah, any right. other position on this team. Which, again, the, the offensive line got better. So I'm not saying that Will Friend's not a good position coach and he didn't make improvements. Um, I, what I am saying is that he's definitely under delivering in the recruitment aspect. Right. OK, now. that's fair. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, and even and even and even with that, I, I, and even with that, I just I think twenty twenty three, and I've been consistent in saying that twenty twenty two, I'm giving a lot of these assistants a pass unless you just an ace recruiter. But twenty twenty three is going to tell me a, right. a it, lot. Assuming yeah. he lands, he 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 lasts that long. Twenty twenty three is going to tell me everything I need to know about these coaches' ability to recruit because but, you really? no longer have the excuse of saying. We didn't have time to get ahead of. Well, see, that's why I, I, again, you know, the Will Friend thing is odd for me because it's not like he's he did he wasn't at an SEC school before he got here. He should have had relationships that he could have pivoted to and said, "Hey, I'm not saying nobody followed him, but you just didn't see a lot of loyalty to Will Friend, right?" right. And so, yeah, and that's just that's wonder. telling. That's, that's telling. telling. Yeah, is. yeah. I will, I will say the first recruit of the 2023 cycle was an offensive lineman. For sure, a good one. Yeah, uh, a, a very good one. highly uh, rated one. So that's a good the sign. number one center in the nation, right? According right. to rivals, yep. Yeah, yeah. So that, so. Which is why I say he he he. It's not like he's out the door tomorrow, but I think that he still has something left to prove to this. He's staff. on the clock. He's on the um, clock. Especially again, considering I think the reason he got hired was it was a package deal with the offensive coordinator, right? Yeah. So. Brian Hancher says we need more time at offensive line and QB. We need to retain or recruit just enough to buy some time for the younger guys to get ready. I think yeah. some are here. I agree. Yeah. I agree. This, this rebuilding project takes time. We were hopeful in year one uh, because of all the highly rated recruiting classes that have come through. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, changing culture is takes takes time. So it wasn't yeah. just about play and coaching and X's and O's, right? Uh, this coach is resetting the culture here and he's sending a message to some people and uh, some people are opting out. Um, I don't know if everybody saw, but, you know, Kobe uh, Hudson is headed to UCF. Um, and based on his statement on the way out on Instagram, that's not a shock to me. Yeah. Right. It's that he's going there. And I think that that is about culture and fit. And, uh, you know, Brian Harson wants to do things a certain way. And you're going to buy into the Harson process or you're not going to be here, I think. Or if you stay, you're going to be very unhappy. So, you know, you you got to have guys who want to play for you and can see the vision and what you're doing and, and, and believe in the vision that you have for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, how many times do we see a position coach try to make a guy change positions? And he's like, nah, fam, I'm out. Yeah. You know, I'm a quarterback or I'm a wide receiver or I'm a tight end. You know, a lot of guys wanted Jarquez Hunter to play linebacker. He said, no, nah, I'm a running back. Auburn gave him that opportunity. He's here. So, you know, these 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 guys, man, I'm telling you, um, O-line is one of those things where I just feel like 
um, a lot of the culture change is not, it's not only in the weight room, it's just a mentality change. This is a tougher brand of football that they're trying to play. And we just weren't there physically and mentally to pull it off, but we got close to seeing what it can accomplish. Right. And I think one more offseason, two years, I, I see in the chat, a lot of people are feeling like we've seen these guys for five years, you know, how are they magically going to get better in their six? Well, they've only been under this coach for one year. True. Right. So a second year, of doing things differently could produce a different result. Right. Which, let me say this, I would be saying the same thing about the previous quarterback because I saw him improve in year one under this new coaching staff. I would have expected him to take another leap in year two under this new coaching staff. Mm -hmm. Now, whether he continues to improve where he's gone to next, I have no idea. Remains to be seen. It's it's literally the same principle. If he's going to get better after a different coach gets their hands on him, then I expect him to get better again with another year under that same coaching and uh, same system. Right. right. And then he would have had, you know, an Austin Davis in here now to, to take him to even the next level. Right. Um, so, you know, listen, um, that improvement can happen when you're coached differently, especially if you're, you aren't, because, you know, if you listen to those offensive linemen, specifically Nick Brahms talk about how, he didn't really think he understood how to play the position up until this last offseason. Right. That says a lot, man. Like, you can't be the center, literally the most important communicator on the offensive line and say, you know what? This is the first time I really kind of understood what I was supposed to be doing out there. Right. That's sad, bro. I'm sorry. Like, listen, that's sad mm-hmm. that you played for three years and this is the first time that you understood what you were doing. Well, you know, at times it looked like he didn't understand what he was doing. No, it's a fact. Now, listen, his play backed up the fact that he, but again, he did get better this year. We got context. And now hopefully he takes that next step in his second year. Um, And and I'm I'm looking forward to it, you know, because listen, I was a very vocal Nick Brahms, uh, what's the word that I want to say? Critic. Critic. Yes, I would say I was a critic of Nick Brahms' play. Uh, But again, I was a critic of his play. I don't know him as a person. Mm-hmm. Seems like a good guy. Amazing guy. Yeah. Yeah. AU fan teacher says, friend of Will Friend, no McDonald's bags in the alley. Uh, NIL rules. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> NIL is a whole nother thing, man. I, I'm not sure I'm digging what's happening here with these million dollar deals flying around. And, it's, but um, we knew this yeah. was going to happen. We oh, knew yeah. this was going to happen. Yeah I'm, yeah. I'm a little shocked at how, how like, what ex- what extreme it's gone to. For some of these players, right? Like, I mean, they, there, there, it was being reported that Caleb Williams wanted six million dollars to go to the school of his choice, and Eastern Michigan, Charlie Batch threw out uh, a milli, like one point five, right, for, for Eastern Michigan. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, wow, like, you know, I'll tell you what, any kid who is overly focused on getting we see this at the pro level a lot right a guy works his ass off gets paid and then is complete trash the next season or his mm-hmm. play drops off significantly sure once he gets his check right and the greats know how to it's not about the money they know how to stay motivated mm-hmm. and i just wonder if this might be the effect that it has on some college kids that they become millionaires in college, and then, this, th- mm, yeah, and then the play drops off because the focus isn't there anymore. And this is perhaps a big reason why 
we see a lot of guys entering the portal because if this is a big sweepstakes for schools to try to get me and I've made a name for myself at a big program, I can leverage NIL to get a nice, sweet payday, which mm, can also right. explain mm. why you see a lot of guys in the portal. But you, right. know, you know what this, the unintended consequence of some of that might be is the, um, the watering down of some of these programs, right? And then you, you do get the opportunity for Cinderella every now and then. A team like, yeah. this is what happens in basketball, right? Like you have a team that's full of people who've been there for three or four years and they just have the experience to make a run because they've been together and they've built that synergy over years. Yes. You might find a team that is, you know, a Cincinnati, right? If mm-hmm. they can find synergy and they can get on a run mm-hmm. and then they pick up some, you know, ridiculous star in the portal that takes them over the top, then you get an opportunity for a Cinderella run. So it might be an unintended consequence for something like that to be able to happen. Um, listen, we, we, you know, I said this in, in the pre-show when we were talking, we are in the era of college football free agency, right? And it, it, even though one football player, unless it's the quarterback, typically doesn't just boost your ability to be a great school. Again, you get enough of those really good experienced guys around a mercurial talent and you can see something special happen. So it is a possibility.